Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams, episode 148. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. Joining me, as always, is Cameron Lynch. And uh, before we get into today's episode, which will be our last preview of the year, as sad as that sounds to say, uh, which is the Rams and Seahawks, we got to give you a quick update on Damar Hamlin. To those of you who don't know, he is awake. He's talking on FaceTime to his teammates. Uh, things are, are really, they, they've taken a positive turn uh, in this development. And, and that's just something you love to to hear. Um, shout out to all of the, uh, the first responders, because let's be honest here, this wouldn't be possible without them. They've done an outstanding job to get him back to, you know, this ability to talk again and, you know, not have to, you know, breathe using any sort of equipment. Um, so the hope is he makes a full recovery and, you know, he's able to play football again. We don't know. We're not going to speculate any of that, but just wanted to give you an update because man, I was so happy to wake up and see that on my phone, you know, that like he's on FaceTime saying, you know, he loves the guys and to go, you know, go do their job. And I just, I love hearing that um, because man, that I, let's not shortchange it. That was scary as hell. That, that was a matter of life and death. And it looks like he, he's going to live. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, the athletic trainer who saved him, uh, it was, I would say it's funny that, I want to say it's funny the person that we saw who saved saved his life, but the person that we saw, Denny Kellington, he was the athletic trainer at Syracuse when I was there as well. If y'all didn't realize, everything goes back to Syracuse here, right? Um, I went to Syracuse, but Denny Kellington, yeah, round of applause for him. Just being ready in that moment, right? I think just the years of his preparation, right? Those times at Syracuse when it's freezing cold up there. He's in Buffalo. It's still freezing cold with no matter the element, no matter the situation, no matter the location, he was able to execute, right? And it was funny because a lot of the guys at Syracuse, we got in a group chat, we're like, oh, Denny, he's the man. He helped me through this. He helped me through that. So it was really cool That's awesome. to just hear those stories and the praise for Denny. You know, I'm, we can definitely hit him up, say, hey, Denny, we're super happy for you, but I'm sure his inbox is blowing up right now. But just to, just to hear, see on the news that Denny Kellington was the person that was the one that that helped Demar through his, I would say, worst moment to his now, you know, best moment of, of breathing. Now that I think that's that's really huge. So shout out to this, like you said, the people who helped Demar get to where he is now. Um, and another thing too, I know we talked about really is um, his his nonprofit, right? And I'm sure you're going to share some of those numbers. What does it look like for Demar moving forward, right? What is life? I want to say during football, what does what life after football look like for DeMar? Because I I would think that his family would have to talk to him about that and say, hey, do you step back on the field? Do you not? What does that look like? And so I would hope that the, the NFL and the NFLPA specifically, when it comes to the player contracts, whether they're they're not guaranteed right now, but I think the conversation is going to have to happen with guys like DeMar, who been playing for two years, his life is on the line. Where how is he going to sustain his livelihood after this, right? Who's going to pay for those bills? Um, you know, I know the NFL, they do have some policies where uh, players, once they're injured, they can get compensated, you know, A through Z, whatever that looks like, but also guaranteeing some of that money on the front. And I think could be a big, a big boost. And also when it comes to health insurance for players, mine, mine's running out. It's my last year of health insurance, right? But what does that look like for DeMar 
moving forward and other other players. So there's a lot to unpack there, Jake. But at the end of the day, Demar is healthy, and that's what we're happy about. Absolutely, and and there is a lot to unpack, and I think you make a lot of great points. It's why you know this is so great. I mean, besides the fact you know we're friends and everything, like it's so great to have that dynamic of the podcast that like you know you've had this experience you're dealing with right now. You just said my health insurance is running out. You know, <laughs> it's like you are living and breathing proof of you know where the NFL's at, where it was at, you know the different um, instances, and so you've seen this you know firsthand experience and everything. And, you know, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't see why a league that clearly makes more uh, than the MLB clearly, right. Um, a, a league that makes more than just about any league, right. Except, you know, maybe FIFA and soccer and all that. I, I don't know. They make a lot of money, yeah. but the point is the NFL makes enough money where it, it's like, why can't we go to no salary cap, um, you know, to the point where it's fully guaranteed contracts like the major leagues. I mean, it, it doesn't really make any sense, right? I mean, I, I could tell you, I, I have played baseball. Uh, one of the hardest things you will ever have to do is, is hit a, a, a small ball uh, with a bat. Like, I, I mean, it is, it is ridiculously difficult and people just don't get that. Um, of course at the competitive le- level, not like, you know, like <laughs> wiffle ball or anything yeah. like that. Um, but where, Where's the danger? I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong. 99 miles an hour coming at your head. That's dangerous, right? We've seen that. Um, We see collisions at home plate, but they have started to kind of, you know, minimize that. They they took that kind of out of the game, if you will. Uh, They're making bigger bases to make it for player safety. So, you know, now it's easier to stretch, get your leg on the first base when you're a runner um, and not worry about, you know, getting tangled up with the first baseman or any base for that matter, they've made it easier. Uh, They've added warning tracks, you know, over the years to, you know, basically let outfielders know, hey, you're about to hit the wall. You know, (laughs) you might want to slow down. So the point is, there's not, and I don't mean to disrespect baseball. I love baseball. But there's not as much danger as there is in the NFL. Um, It's not to say something like what happened with Hamlin couldn't happen to somebody running straight into a wall because Mm -hmm. it literally could based on, you know, Commodio Cordis, uh, like we talked about last episode, but, but you don't have constant contact Mm -hmm. in this sport. And the same thing with the NBA, you don't have constant contact. I will say it is a contact sport and we got to stop acting like it's not. Yeah, it is, but it's not, constant contact and not many not many car crashes right i think we talked about that last episode is in nfl there are many car crashes and you can't really find that in any other place besides maybe your hockey or maybe maybe rugby but yeah you can't find it exactly so i mean really well and that's the thing so hockey i don't feel like they get paid enough but they don't make as much money that's the thing nhl does not make as much money as the nfl so that's why their best players getting paid less than Christian Kirk. No offense to Christian Kirk, but like he's not, you know, Connor McDavid of this league, you mm-hmm. know, Connor McDavid is not getting paid that money. Um, but that's because the NHL doesn't that they don't make enough money for that to happen. Mm-hmm. The NFL does. And I feel like there's a chance and I'm not saying, you know, I'm glad this happened, but there's a chance because this happened, like you brought up, 
that the NFL and the NFLPA are going to go at it this this offseason and the players are going to push for this and be like, look, you know, th- this is why when people call us selfish, this is why we need to to get ours. You know, mm-hmm. but this is why, you know, it's not necessarily I don't care about this team winning, but man, like it, it it's basically, you know, it, every man for himself type deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can you can be you know, a brother of DeMar Hamlin, you could, you could fight for him. You can, you know, be supportive of him. But at the end of the day, you know, if you lose your, your, you know, playing career, you get paralyzed like Ryan Shazier, there's only so many things that you can do. Now, it's not to say that he can't make money afterwards. It's not to say these players can't get paid afterwards with endorsements and whatnot. Um, but getting taken care of i mean it is so crucial when you have the danger that and everyone thinks of money is like the you know the lavish living right that's not necessarily the reason i'm talking about like what you are going to go through as a 10-year vet or a five-year vet you know with cte we know it exists like you know there's no denying it exists um you know, all sorts of arthritis, all sorts of stuff that's life changing. So you put X amount of, you know, time into the NFL, not just the games, but the practices, the the preseason games, scrimmages, all that, um, the work outside of said game. And then on top of that, now it's like it's the price to pay because you know, yes, you get paid and everyone's like, well, they make millions of dollars. True. But like, is Matthew Stafford going to be the same in 10 years? No, his legs are going to be killing him. His back's going to be killing him, you know? And that's the thing. It's a sport. Yes. They play just a game. Okay. It's, it's a game, but like, imagine your job doing it for 10 years, even five years or three years. And now all of a sudden you can't, drink out of a glass of of water <laughs> you know you 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 can't move yeah i mean all of this is possible i understand some of them are extreme examples but i think that's why you know if there's anything any sport that deserves guaranteed contracts and you know 100 i i'm all for the nfl going back to that model i understand the competition might not be there if they went you know full no salary cap um, because there's a reason why it's in place. But at the same time, it's like everyone has the opportunity to spend money. So why should we sit there? Because, you know, Dean Spanos at the chargers doesn't want to spend his money on, you know, Joey Bosa, for instance, or my favorite uh, Mark Davis, who they just didn't want to pay Khalil Mack. (laughs) Like that's why they traded him. Mm. You know, why should they get the pass? you know, and, and have everything leveled off just because they don't feel like spending their money. What other teams will, it's not the difference like the NBA with a small market team, right? You know, you have Shad Khan that owns the Jaguars. I mean, he's got a ton of money, Mm -hmm. you know, so that wouldn't be an issue, but you know, in the NBA, you're talking about the difference between, I don't know, the Memphis Grizzlies who, are a really good team right now and the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, who's going to spend more money, of course, the Lakers. So I don't know. It's a long discussion and we've already spent a lot of time on it. 
Um, but I think it's definitely a good one to have and uh, kind of warms us up into this podcast. Yeah, I mean, and think about this one last thing, Jake. You think about that YouTube TV contract that just came in, right? So you have the YouTube TV contract that just came in and now this. So you're right. Once the offseason hits, the NFLPA reps for each team are going to be like, hey, you see all that money over there? And you see DeMar Hamlin? DeMar Hamlin had about, I think we, we talked about it before we got on air. You mentioned seven point something million dollars. For for his nonprofit, uh, yeah, almost eight million raised. He's at seven point nine. Eight eight million raised for his nonprofit. You think about that. That's great and all. Demar Hamlin was able to create that, but that happened when he got extremely hurt, right? And so that money is Demar going to see any of that money for himself? What about all his medical bills, right? He just got pulled out of a tube, right? And so. What is that going to look like later on? Is he going to be able to drink from a glass of water when he's 70 something years old? And so that YouTube TV money should be able to go into players like Lamar Hamlin in their pockets to pay for those small bills. And I, you and I were talking about this, right? I think you mentioned that uh, someone in your family member had hurt a muscle in their back. Like that probably stemmed from things that they've done in their lifetime way earlier on. Right. And so he's like, man, I got something on my back. I got to, I have to pay now to get things taken care of for me. I got a torn pec and a torn bicep. So now I'm on my last year of uh, health insurance. Right. And so I'm able to use that thankfully, but what about next year when other things start to fall apart? And so that YouTube, YouTube TV money, come on. <laughs> Long story short, we need, we need that money for, for these players as they're, as they're putting their life on the line. And I think at the very least with him being on his rookie deal, I think if, you know, maybe you don't go that far in one off season, right? It's going to take some time to get there. Maybe it never does, but it's going to take some time if it ever does. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the rookie wage scale, which I don't have an issue with, but like right now, DeMar Hamlin, like if he never plays again, the guy is in his second season in the NFL and his base salary was 660 K last year. If he makes it through his full rookie deal. Okay. Cause he was drafted in the sixth round. You're talking about a guy who makes 3.6 million total with $160,000 signing bonus. That's not even a million a year. And what basically what I just told you is that he makes 3.6 million over four years, you know, and he puts his body on the line. He made, there's almost $8 million raised for his charity because he got hurt. And that is twice as much as what he's going to make throughout his contract. And that's before taxes. Before taxes too. That's before taxes. <laughs> taxes. Oh, well, and he he lives in New York too. So good good luck there. There you go. Um, but exactly that. And then I was also going to say another thing. And then you know we're this this gone on a while, but it, it's all necessary info, and people are going to listen to it. Yeah. So it's okay. But uh, Demar Hamlin, though, um, you know he yes rookie deal and everything. What people are going to instantly jump to is that now he's recognized. Okay. Now he's a star. So sponsorships, right? They're not always guaranteed. And, and I gotta, I gotta stress this because, you know, no offense to DeMar Hamley. He's a safety. He's not a quarterback. You know, he's a safety. Like he might get some sponsorships, but he, he's not getting, he's not going to be your Quiznos spokesperson. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think Quiznos exists anymore. Subway. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, 
You know what I mean? He's not going to get a danger witch. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to be realistic here. You can't just say, "Well, well, they get they get plenty of endorsements." Not really. Not really. It don't work. It don't really work like that, especially for a safety. Defense right? doesn't get appreciated that way. Yeah, unless you're like a defensive end. But a lot of times you see the subway commercials. It's always the quarterbacks, maybe a receiver, right? Little Caesars. You got uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew it's, Stafford. You know, unless you're. World class defensive lineman yeah. like Aaron Donald, then you get a a, a- Ron commercial, you know, with uh, Key and Peel. But other than that, you don't get it. So <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and keep in mind, they had to win the Super Bowl for Aaron Donald to start getting those deals. Right. That's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just not. So, yeah, a lot, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Hopefully you kind of let that process throughout the podcast, uh, you know, maybe write it down. I don't know. Uh, we can discuss it. We're both on Twitter at JK Bogan. He is at Cam Lynch 50, Cameron Lynch 50. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. If you guys want to reach out to us, give us your thoughts. Yeah. We're always interested, but we got the rest of the show to do. That also means I got an ad read to do. Which, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's just, it's been a, it's, uh, it's been a different you know, yeah, it's it's necessary, but it's been like a different week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like now the Hamlin news, we're more happy. Obviously, there's there's more joy, uh, but also it's just it, you and I are both fascinated by things like that. Like, what does this mean for the NFL and the contracts? And yeah. you know, you were a football player, so I mean, you you know, yeah, we can't and we can't cover it. Out. We can't cover it with one podcast like the last one, right? Where we just set aside a couple minutes. It's gonna it's a series of conversations with this Demar Hamlin piece. So we might talk about it on the recap for for the Seattle game, right? If there's other news, but I think it's necessary to cover DeMar Hamlin for the next couple of these podcasts just to update people and show we care. I think that's the biggest thing is just to show we care. And I think the people listening should too. I absolutely agree. So let's get into it. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Uh, bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. Bet online features live betting free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, we are starting. We didn't realize. <laughs> Believe in Rams. We're getting to the Rams at about the 1842 <laughs> mark. All right, here we go. Burning question, Cam. Will the Rams spoil the Seahawks playoff hopes this Sunday? Yes. Yes, because the Rams are going to win, right? Uh, That's as a former player, as we believe in Rams podcast, we believe in Rams until the last whistle is blown, right? And so yes to that. And then number two, the Packers got the Lions. I know we talked about this in the last podcast, actually. I think, and to be fair, Jake, we did touch on a Seattle game on the last podcast too, right? And so I think- Yes, that- it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. So, right, we, we gave people a little foresight there, and then we're going to finish it off here. But I think the Rams are going to win, number one. And number two, I think the Packers, I think the Packers are going to win out. The reason why I say that, they've been hot in December. They've been hot in December. They're doing well. Aaron Rodgers has been getting flack. I think beginning of the season, people are like, wait, is this Aaron Rodgers? Is this the guy that we think is next to Brady? What is this and what is that? And now he's like, hey, 
I'm him, all <laughs> right? And so I'm not sure if the Lions are going to be able to pull this one off. They're going to be at Green Bay. Um, this Green Bay, if they're able to win this game and the Rams are able to win this game, that means the Seahawks go home. And myself and Bobby Wagner probably want to see that. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes to oh, this. Yeah. Because of our guy, Bobby Wagner, I think he's going to play lights out this game. Jake, uh, we talked about it before the Seahawks game last time, and he he lived up to our expectation, maybe his own expectation. So I think they're going to spoil this one. I think Bobby's going to go crazy. I think Cam Akers is going to go crazy. And I think big play Van Jefferson is going to show out this game. It's the last game of the season, so so why not? <laughs> BPV is right. All right, so, so let's get into – <clears throat> the Rams uh, off season and chargers, uh, uh, not chargers, uh, the Rams offense and Seahawks defense, excuse me. With, 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 so still a little spooked right out. Still a little spooked uh, out from that chargers win. So, you know, that 24 hour. Yeah. Rule. <laughs> yeah. It's just, man, just, you know, sneaking up on me. Um, <laughs> let's start it off Rams offense. All right. Here, here's something that I want to say. Okay. Because Cam Akers, I've been doing some research, uh, Cam Lynch, Mm -hmm. okay? And, uh, you know, Cam Akers, very, very interesting here. We've talked about the name Marlon Mack a lot on this show, or at least I have brought him up a lot, right? Um, I found it really interesting because I'm preparing, you know, a standalone video, a lot of research involved and everything. I just wanted to share it on the show because Cam Akers, you know, he tears his Achilles. We talk about Marlon Mack. Um, James Robinson, we don't talk about very much and, you know, just the NFL fan base in general, uh, James Robinson has started to somewhat decline, uh, regressed, if you will. I'm hoping he finds it. I like the guy a lot. Uh, you know, he was traded to the jets. We'll see what happens. Um, Marlon Max had 54 touches since he tore his Achilles, right? The guy that we do not talk about is Deontay Foreman. Foreman was gone. Mm. He tears his Achilles in 2018. Misses almost the entire, he misses the entire season, basically. 2019 takes off. He comes back 2020, he gets 22 uh, 22 carries. Then he becomes the backup to Derrick Henry in Tennessee, goes over 500 yards. He has a chance this weekend to go over 1,000. This is Believe in Rams. Why am I bringing up Deontay Foreman? I'll tell you why. Because Foreman is 26 years old. He was out of the league. Now he's in the league. He's going to get paid. He he looks like a stud running back since they traded Christian McCaffrey. With Cam Akers, okay, he kind of follows that same trend. For a while, we were all comparing him to, you know, Marlon Mack. Is he going to come back from it? It's a tough injury. The stats aren't there. And then... I started to see, you know, kind of some signs of James Robinson. Well, now I feel like he's trending in the Foreman direction, which is a really good thing for the Rams, if so. Now, the last five games, Cam, Akers has not played great run defense. We talked about it. He has not. But you can't take away with how more, how much more explosive, confident, quick he has been over those last five games. Um he has one fewer carry the last five games than he has the entire season. Mm. So that's the thing is like the first 11 games of the year or whatever, Cam Akers had 83 carries. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry. Okay. One touchdown. 
Cam Akers from week 13 to now, 4.9 yards per carry, 408 yards, and six touchdowns. If you put that out to a full 17-game schedule, right, you average the last five games of Cam Akers out to a full 17-game schedule, you'd have 20 rushing touchdowns, and you would have almost 1,400 rushing yards on 280 carries. Cam, that, I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of like girly to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's I, a good ball. I, I want to bring it up because, you know, we're going to find out sooner or later, right? But I mean, I'm just saying this, this is a huge opportunity for Cam Akers that he's pushed himself into 30, per, uh, 30 to 40% of NFL players never return to play again from this brutal injury. Mm-hmm. And he may have taken a little bit longer than I realized. And I think he set himself up for the criticism unfairly because he came back the same year. And while that was great, I think people like myself and others, they expect him to come back and be, you know, good. And I think he struggled to start the year. Um, but I, I don't see the same running back. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I don't see the same running back at all. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping this carries on to next year because they will be nasty next year if they have a Todd Gurley like pres- prime Todd Gurley like presence in that offense. Yeah, I think the way he's running the football is demanding respect. Right. Every time I go and flip through some of the news, it's like Cam Akers, a monster, you know, having a monster season towards the back end of the year. And so I think that's really big. Right. The Seahawks are allowing five yards per carry. Uh, when against the opposing offense, I think the Jets ran the ball really well against the Seahawks in the first half, right? In, in the first half, then they went to throwing the ball, and Mike White, he had some trouble uh, in the pass game. You know, I don't know if his ribs are still hurting, what that looks like, but... Four broken ribs. Four broken ribs. <laughs> they, they they still might be broken Ugh. the way that man was throwing that football because it didn't really look that good versus Seahawks, but they found success running it. You know, going back to the point in Cam Akers, he at the top of his game. Malcolm Brown found the end zone uh, against the Chargers. So, you know, we'll see some Malcolm Brand, Brown, Kyron Williams. So I think I think this Rams backfield is where they need to be at this point. I would like to see the Rams tight ends get get up to speed. Right. The Seahawks showed that last game against against the Jets. They use their tight ends like no other. I know we're going to go through our X factors here, but one of my X factors is one of the you know, one of the Titans, Kobe Parkinson, for the Seahawks because the way they use them so well. They went to 13 personnel, 12 personnel. I would like to see the Rams do that, right? Tyler Higby, he's crushing it. But we got hop in, we got hop back there. So let's see what Hop can do. Let's get him up to that same level as a Higby. I would like to see that. But that's just one thing, like I said, that you know, the Rams can the Rams can, you know spoil their playoff run if they run the ball with Cam Akers really well, which they have been doing, get Malcolm Brown, get Williams back there, and also get the tight ends the football. That's going to be the game changer because they know we know you got big play Van, you got we got other players, but I think that's going to be the key to this game. And I know we're going to talk about the Seahawks defense soon, but th- those are my thoughts on Cam Akers and his uh, Rams offense, Jake. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I think when, when you're looking at how to stop Seattle I mean look this Rams team already has an idea they were in that game they should have won the game they Mm -hmm. lost in the final seconds of the game um, which was just absolutely brutal Brutal. Uh, but keep in mind John Wolford played that game and while I think he played pretty well I think Baker would do a better job of managing it now here's 
my biggest issue, Cam, when I went back and I watched the tape, it seems like games where it's very simple. It seems like games where, you know, there's not a lot of pass protection. Um, Sean McVay kind of just doesn't really know how to process it. He just wants to continue. Hopefully we get a big play out of the passing attack. You see Baker with the five, seven step dropbacks, and you got everybody on Twitter saying, why does Baker drop back so fast? It's part of the play. It's part <laughs> of the play. You can't change it. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things for me when watching against the chargers that could have been managed, right? So you can't allow yourself to get back into that. And what I would say, Cam, is, you know, there's no excuse. Sean, in 2017, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but, you know, he was using Todd Gurley out of the backfield, okay? He, he's he's using, you know, the, the screen passes. He's slipping them out of the backfield. When you see, and you've mentioned it, when you see Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and guys like that, Austin Eckler, destroying the Rams defense with those brutal third and 11. I'm going to drop it off to the running back and he's going to get the first down. He'll get 12 just to barely get it and piss me off. Those are backbreakers. Mm -hmm. Those are body blows. The defense suffers that it's not just a ow that hurt Austin running into Austin Eckler full speed hurts. It's also a mental thing. Mm -hmm. Like what the hell? Like we, (laughs) we almost had him again. And I, I don't, again, I don't have to tell you, you play defense, so you know, but that's the thing. The Rams don't do enough of that. Mm-hmm. They do it and it's like, oh, it works. And then they don't do it again. Mm-hmm. So I challenge Sean, if you're listening, please, <laughs> if, if Seattle gets after Baker, don't call it, don't call it a game. Mm-hmm. Don't try to play backyard football. If it's not there, dump it off to cam, dump it off to Kyron, dump it off to Malcolm. They've all had success. Mm-hmm. You're just not getting them the ball. Mm-hmm. So please, it doesn't have, like, if you're not going to run the ball like we want you to, then at least give them an opportunity in, in the uh, the screen game. Yeah. Because not the bubble screens, but start dumping it off. The split, the, the slip screens where there's nobody available. I'm going to hit this guy with a block and I'm going to release. Yeah, and the guy that they need to hit is Darrell Taylor. He's another one of the X-Factors when the Seahawks defensive ends, number 52. I was watching him against the Jets. I mean, the the stats say he he only has two and a half sacks, but I really think he had about three, just the way he was playing, right? Just forcing forcing and causing havoc, and I think we're going to see the same thing this game. And so like you mentioned, some of those chip screens where you chip that defensive end – Everybody's downfield, their backs are turning, and the running back leaks out, catches the ball, and, and converts that first down. That's what we need to see. I agree with you on that. Because Kenneth Walker for the Seattle Seahawks, that's what he does, right? Not only is he dangerous in the he run does game, it all, man. In the in the pass game, too. And like when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks and their just their backfield in general, like they have they have an elusive and elite backfield, right? The, the players that are playing back there, you got <clears throat> just their running backs, they're kick returners, punt returners. So once they find open space, they can get down. I think that's what the Rams need to do with Kyron Williams and, and Cam Makers as well. I, I agree with you, Jake. And like I said, the, the um, Seahawks defense, Darrell Taylor, that's someone we have to keep our eyes eyes on because if people watch the last game against the Jets with Mike White laid out on the ground, who was the person that put him on the ground? Darrell Taylor, right? Knocked him out of playoff contention and everything. And so 
best believe that the Seahawks defense, they're going to be hunting today because they have to make the playoffs. They can't control what happens in Detroit and Green Bay, but they can control this game. And so just best believe that this defensive line is going to be getting after the Rams um, offense. And so having that protection and that extra help is really going to help. Is really going to support this offense. Absolutely, Cam. I mean, I, I think... You know, you mentioned Darrell Taylor, and all of a sudden I start to feel like, oh, well, last last week you see Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the get off. Yeah. I mean, that man was was like <laughs> living it up. Yeah. You know, and I I've had this conversation before. Rob Havenstein went fully healthy when he's got his starting four around him, right? Guys that he trusts. Um he can be a dominant right tackle, uh, but he's always going to have that blind side, if you will, that that weakness in his game, uh, that Achilles heel. And that's against any sort of overly uber athletic, a guy that can convert speed to power, but is mainly just really quick. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Daryl Taylor kind of falls into that boat too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he destroyed George Fant. It was not even close. Fant is a guy that only allowed one sack last year for the Jets, and he just absolutely ate his lunch all game (laughs) long. So that is a little bit of a concern, and it goes back to what you're saying, Cam, how, you know, you need to have a guy to chip there, and I'm hoping Sean McVay knows that. Like, hey, like, you know, Tyler Higbee or Bryson Hopkins, and I'm sure he does, but, uh, and and also I want to say that before I send it back over to you. When I say Sean McVay knows that or I say something like that, Sean McVay knows everything. Okay. Sean McVay has everything there. I'm going to make the analogy to finally break all analogies for everybody out there. that needs to understand why the hell the Rams are five and 11 and Sean McVay, who is a genius is occupying one of the worst offenses in football, despite, you know, not even talking about the injuries, just like what's going on. Sean McVay is like you betters out there that are listening to this You sit there and you are scanning the whole slate on Sunday or you're scanning the whole NBA slate, right? So you go through each game and you're like, you circle this one. Oh, I like that prop for Lori Markin in 25 and a half. And I like the over on this and under on this. And then you get to the end of the day. You spent the whole day on this. So the the games come and you're like, how did I forget that? That was so simple. I should have bet on that. Mm. You forgot it because you didn't focus on one thing. You literally focused on the entire slate. You're going to miss the obvious thing. Mm. And so that is what Sean McVay is doing. It's that there might be an obvious thing there, but he's constantly trying to outsmart the defense. He's constantly trying to, Oh, I'm going to give him a different look. You know, the issue is he's got to stick with what works and he has done that that chip, you know, the, the consistent chipping for Tyler Higby. How do you think Bobby Evans even survived against Khalil Mack in primetime? Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets about that. Right tackle Bobby Evans, who's now on the Vikings, okay? He played right tackle against Khalil Mack and did a decent job because every single play, Tyler Higby hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Yeah, they, they have to do that or it's going to be going to be a tough day. And, and there's a saying, too, like when you see too much, you don't see anything. Right. And for the Rams, Sean McVay, he's been in a whirlwind. Right. Since uh, since our starting quarterback went out, you know, people are getting hurt. He's trying to figure it out. And so he's in a whirlwind. Nothing's really slowed down for him. 
right? Instead of the Broncos game, things are extremely slow, but it's been yeah. things slow now for everybody against the Broncos, right? But, you know, things are moving really fast. And when you move really fast, it's hard to see, like you said, the small details. When you're sprinting, it's kind of hard to see that mailbox number that you're sprinting past. But whenever you're jogging yeah. at a great pace, the way to slow down that pace is through help, through the proper counsel, proper coaching, and you can slow down and see things like, hey, Sean, I know you're jogging here, but did you see that little envelope that was sticking out the mailbox that had that little corner, right? That's your uh, that's your, your Daryl Walker, right? That's going to give you problems and finding ways to fix those issues by just slowing down a little bit, right? This is the last game of the season. Don't have to do too much. There's nothing to lose. So just like you said, stick with what works. And to be fair, though, we did see whenever Wolford was in the game, we saw some of the same things over and over again, that in around jet reverse sweep. That does not work anymore, right? So, so getting away from doing the same. Everyone has that. <laughs> it's like the emergency manual. If you play the Rams, watch out for the jet motion. They do it every play. Yes, yes. <laughs> like we know that used to work, but doesn't work anymore. So let's move on from that. Um, but yes, you're right. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But also, too, you can't you can't just do you can't do too much, right? Keep it simple. Beat the exactly. Seahawks, find the ways to beat them. This is the last game. There's nothing else to stress about but the offseason. So let's just focus on that, Sean. But running the ball at the end of the day with Cam Makers, running that football, protecting your edges, protecting, you know, your guys like Rob Havenstein, and then scoring some touchdowns. You know, the Rams are having some trouble putting the ball in the end zone, scoring more than 18 points per game with these last four games. So I think that's going to be extremely important. And on the defensive side, Jake, on the defensive side, um, I, I did see a stat out there that mentioned um, the Rams are allowing the fourth highest downfield. They have the fourth highest downfield completion percentage in regards to their defense. That's going to be troubling. That's going to be tr- yeah, that's, that's going to be troubling, Jake, because you know that the guys that the guys on this on the Seahawks team, they're going to catch that football. DJ Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We talked about this the previous game. Take those guys out of the game. That's your best bet in winning. The last game that the Rams played, the Seahawks, those guys have over a hundred yards apiece. Come on, dog. <laughs> like we that that can't happen. So making sure to lock those two down is gonna be extremely, extremely important. Then you mentioned Parkinson. And, you know, I'm worried about that scene buster. You caught a touchdown last week, you know. Um, you know, a guy that may be a little bit forgotten, but, uh, you know, I think Noah Fant too, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys that can make plays after the catch and yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think they, they really, they, they got to make sure they're chipping the right tackle. They got to make sure they're not sold into one little thing. Okay. I understand it's the last game of the year. You're going to want to get Baker Mayfield doing all this is your last time to use Baker Mayfield, right? It's like that, that free trial. You're, you're trying to go crazy, right? You're trying to get all your value. (laughs) Don't. Okay. Don't, if it's there, fine. If it's the Denver game, you have all the protection in the world. Great. Don't put Baker Mayfield in harm's way just for the hell of it, Mm -hmm. because you want to play backyard football. Don't do it. Um, It's one of those things there where it's Sean McVay is, fully capable of winning any game, right? Um, but I do feel, and you might disagree with this. I'm curious where your, your thoughts on this, but it's almost like there's a point where X's and O's can almost get into the way of common sense. Yeah. And when you know the game so well, you know it like the back of your hand, but then you're learn. you know all these, the X's and O's, you know all these plays and these formations and you see the look that they're giving you, uh, you know, on the defense and you're like, ooh, but I, I know it's 
smart to run the ball here because we're up by two scores and you know basically we own the clock but man they're just they're egging me on i got i gotta go for this deep ball on third and one it's like you know and, and i don't know if if you agree or disagree with that but it's not a knock on the coaches i'm not saying that they're not smart because obviously they're way more intelligent than i am football wise but i feel like there it's sometimes you know you get into that rhythm and you're like man I just love the way everything's looking like this is so much fun and you know the game so well X's and O's wise that you lose sight of the fact that look there are multiple games this year if the Rams thought more you know clock management common sense football common sense of course I think they probably have more wins yeah you know I think they've abandoned the run and I think a lot of it is because of the looks they get you know, the, it's the whole X's and O's approach. And I'm not saying you don't don't go with your gut and don't don't like, you know, game plan um, and be, you know, simple. Uh, but we can't afford to see them go away the, against the run if it's working. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, something that Tony Romo always says on his broadcast is he says aggressively take what they give you, right? A lot of times, and I think a lot of teams do that against the Rams defense, right? A lot of times we see the yeah. Rams sitting back in that those soft shell corners and that little pass over the middle is open. I think it started with Jimmy G. Jimmy G started taking it, and we were like, whoa, why is Jimmy G finding so much success over the middle in these soft zones? You saw Patrick Mahomes take advantage of it. Then you see different quarterbacks take advantage of it. And so they're aggressively taking what they're given. I think Tom Brady does a great job of this, right? He's not always looking for that deep ball, but he's looking for that that little check down where that running back breaks breaks the the back of the defense mentally, where it's like, man, we're almost off the field. It's third and thirteen, but they aggressively take what's given to them, and then they convert the first down. They do that over and over and over again. And so it's consistent. It's consistent. It's simple. And it's effective, right? And so hopefully we get to see that. I, I hope, Jake, my hopes are that we see the best game that Sean McVay has put together this season. I know the Denver Broncos game, that was an all-out butt whooping, but I hope we get to see that. I hope we get to see um, his genius in full effect, right? Aggressively taking yeah. what's given to him. I, I think we deserve that as a Rams group, right? The Chargers lost. That was probably the worst loss of the season following their best win of the season. So Let's go ahead and round it out this uh, this this final game against the Seahawks, and let's see a complete game. <laughs> you got the letdown out of the way. Uh, you know the whole Babe Ruth quote from last week, our last episode. But yeah, no, I again, um, you know, I agree. I mean, I think you you got to keep doing what works, and you can't just be afraid. Yeah, be be aggressively taking what the defense gives you. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially with Brady. You know, you, you watch him, and you're like, yeah, some quarterbacks will take that five yarder. Brady's like, just because the defense is giving it to me, I'm going to go 12 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the 40 yarder over the top, you know, that has that like, oh, that's going to be questionable. Yeah. I'm going to take the 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Most quarterbacks take the five, six yarder. I'm going to take the 12 yards, get that first down all on this play. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, moving on to the defensive side, because, man, we could talk about the offense all day, but I don't think they were the biggest issue on Sunday. Uh, I think the, you know, the defense was, uh, it was their worst game of the year. The levy broke as we talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kim, what can this defense do to get back on the high side? Cause essentially they have pitched a, uh, they they've had the type of season where, you know, if, if the Rams are scoring 21, 22 points a game, th- there may be 11 or 12 wins, 
right this year. I, I mean, really the defense has been very good for them and they've given them every opportunity. They've been in every game except for the last week uh, going into the fourth quarter. But how does this, is this defense, is this going to be more of an offensive game? Like did the defense check out last week and they're, they're already in the off season or are we going to really fight for Bobby Wagner this week? Yeah. I think we're going to see a whole lot of Bobby Wagner this week. I think there's, there's two things, Jake, two things. I think the Ram Rams can do to win this game on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Number one, stop the run. <laughs> like that's what they've been doing all year. I think that you said they got away from that last, last week, the levy broke, fix that levy, right? Fix that levy, make sure the dam is full. So I think that's number one is stop the run. Kenneth Walker's going to come in there and wreak havoc. All right. It's his second game or he's been on two games of a hundred plus yards. Let's not make this his third, <laughs> Jake. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's simple there. So let's make sure that he does not go off. And then the second thing, pressuring Geno Smith and forcing turnovers. Geno Smith, when he gets sacked, he gets rattled. I think we mentioned this before in the last uh, Rams versus Seahawks game. We play. I played against him right when he was at West Virginia. Pinstripe bowl. We sacked him in the end zone, caused a safety, and like the rest of the game was done. We knew it. We were like, oh, we sacked him in the end zone, caused a safety. This guy is toast. So I, I saw versus the Jets. Whenever he got sacked, he would start speeding up his game, missing throws, and not being the Geno Smith that that he's being. I think he's you know top whatever leading the uh, NFL in, in touchdown passes. So it's important that the Rams get him off his rhythm by stopping the run. So Kenneth Walker can't can't take over the game. That's number one, and then number two. Getting to Geno Smith, causing pressure and getting to Geno Geno Smith, forcing turnovers. That's going to be the big thing. Bobby Wagner did it the previous game. We're going to need to see that more. We're going to need to see Kobe Durant pull through with those interceptions and running them back. Because Quandre Diggs, I mean, he's he's been going off. He's been getting interceptions lately. And we need to see that on the Rams side. We need to see Jalen Ramsey maybe have the best game of the year this, of this game, right? He's going against DJ Metcalf. It's going to be a problem. So I would like to see the best game from all the stars, all the stars need to have their, that's number three, Jake. I said number two, but this is number three. All the stars need to show up. This, this needs to be their best game when it comes to tackles, when it comes to turnovers, when it comes to big plays, because that's the only way they'll keep Seattle out of the, out of the playoffs. How about you, Jake? What do you, what do you think? Well, you know, I think with the defense, first off, you know, you, you hit it on the head. You got to pressure Geno Smith. He does get rattled. However, he, I forgot he did come back. He threw three touchdowns, 367 yards. I think it was a career high. Uh, so they pissed him off and, (laughs) and, you know, he went, you know, he went goblin mode or whatever, uh, 9.4 average, like, you know, that, that nuts, but he also had to, because, um don't forget kenneth walker ran three times against the rams he went for 12 yards of carry and got hurt mm-hmm. so the rest of the day was dj dallas and tony jones who they held to a combined 51 yards and 17 carries sounds like the rams run defense right yeah. um but they did not do a good job stopping kenneth walker and the thing about kenneth walker is you go back, you watch his Michigan State tape, and you're just marveled with the idea, like, this guy just makes everybody miss, mm-hmm. you know? He he may not be the fastest running back of all time, although I think he's pretty darn yeah, fast. Yeah, he's top. Um, but he makes guys miss, mm-hmm. and, and he's got really good balance. He was my number one running back in the draft, and when Seattle got him, I was just like, 
of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 100-yard game out of Lockett, 100-yard game out of Metcalf, all had touchdowns, as well as Noah Fant got in the end zone last time. So, you know, I think in this game, you got to make sure, you know, one of those guys is going to beat you, right? Yeah. Lockett and Metcalf, they're going to beat you. You can't allow the both to beat you. That's when you get into some problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the 27 points for Seattle, that, that Metcalf touchdown came at the end at the goal line. Um, you know, that really it should have been 23, 20. They should have gotten the stop. They let Metcalf beat him. Lockett had himself a day you know, they both <laughs> were at 120 plus yards. You can't allow both of them. Yeah. So I would say Lockett is a Ram killer. Metcalf has struggled in the past. Uh, he had probably his best game against the Rams of his career. The last time they played, I want to see Ramsey. I want to see Jacoby Durant. I want to see this safety room. Tell us with your play why we should bring you back next mm. year. For real, you know, like this. And it's not just us. Think about the rest of the league. Think about your career. You know, rap, Scott, long, these guys that are on contract. This is their last game as Rams potentially. Show it all out, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's that's how I would do it. Um, how I would say, you know, I think you gotta you gotta shut down one of Metcalf and Lockett. I think Metcalf is most likely. Lockett is just such a precise route runner. <laughs> yeah. He makes you. He's honestly like Doug Baldwin. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, who kind of. I mean, he's better than Baldwin, but Baldwin gave the Rams such a hard time mm -hmm. uh, before he had to retire uh, due to injury. So, you know, he is such a precise route runner you know, can create separation no matter who's covering him. I, I I'd like to see them <laughs> shut down Lockett. I don't see it happening. I think it's most likely that Ramsey is going to have to shut down Metcalf, which I think is possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you force Kobe Parkinson to have the game of his life, right? You shut down, you do your yeah. best to shut down one of those two, the, the two we just talked about and then have Kobe Parkers have the game of his life, right? Kenneth Walker, shut him down the best we can. Slow, it's almost like the Steph Curry thing, right? Is Steph's going to score points. It just got to bring that down a little bit. So do the best we can yeah. to just those three threats to slow those guys down. And then Kobe Parkinson, he's going to have to play his butt off, right? He's going to play his butt off to beat the Rams. But other than that, you know, um, I believe the Rams have a chance, right, to beat Grinch. Uh, still away, you know, those Christmas gifts or whatever playoff hopes that the Seahawks have. Um, you know, I've most of my career when I played with the Rams, we've ended off in Seattle and we always want to come back home with the win. So he said it. Yep. He said it <laughs> every the, time. I don't know what the league has against the Rams, but <laughs> nope, you guys got to play in Seattle every year to end the season. 12th man. It's always it's always a beast. Uh, not too long of a flight, but I, I do think just for Bobby Wags, you know, I know you have some some nice news for us in regards to Bobby Wags and what he's done this so far in this this year. But I think the Rams need to do it for Bobby Wagner because I think he's deserved it. He stepped on this team for the first year and just and just crushed it. So I think the Rams owe it to Bobby Wagner to go out and get this W. I agree. We'll hit X Factors predictions, and then I got that news for you. Uh, so X factors will start off with the Rams offense and uh, this one's tough because I, I don't want to just go with the obvious. So I'm going to probably take yours here and go with Bryson Hopkins. I, nice. I think they, they really have to get him involved. I mean, Higby always does well against Seattle. It seems like, 
Um, but they'll see it coming. I think Hopkins is really starting to emerge over the last few weeks. And so I think you got to keep it going. This is the last game of the year. You know, maybe you're not in this position next year where I hope you're not in this position next year where you're playing for nothing. And Hopkins is, you know, getting serious targets. You know, you'll have cut back, hopefully maybe Allen Robinson, and, and then you don't have to necessarily rely on Hopkins, but Hopkins could be a go-to target right now. Uh, you could argue. So I, I think he's an X factor. Um, for the defense, for the Rams, I am going to go with this one's tough for me. Um, I'm just going to go with Jacoby Duran again. Look, mm-hmm. I understand last week was just a wash, right? It wasn't a great week for the defense. Uh, you know, Durant struggled Ramsey struggled. I, I mean, let's be honest here, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, uh, you know, even, um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I don't know why, but you know, the point is they have a lot of talent on their receiving in the receiving room. Seattle does too, but I think, you know, like Denver did. And I thought to Durant played extremely well. I think Durant's going to bounce back here. Mm-hmm. This last game of the year. He was just, as we'll talk about later on was just named uh Rams rookie of the year by his teammates. It's got to fire you up for the week, man. <laughs> you got to be ready. Number 14, baby. Uh, I think the Kobe Durant, is is going to be an X factor there, and then on the D, uh, on the uh, the Seattle defensive side, I'm going to look at a different one here because everyone's going to say Tariq Woolen, right? I mean, this guy has turned into one of the best corners overnight, and a lot of us wanted the Rams to take him. Went to Seattle in the fifth round, but I'm going to say their second round pick who's starting to emerge. He's not putting up the big stats but I'm seeing more and more that this guy is starting to be a disruptor. And that is boy Mafe. Uh, I, I watched him and I honestly came away very impressed. I know the last time the Rams played guys like, uh, you know, you, you who was absolutely a guy to look out for. He had two sacks and then, you know, your guy who I don't know if you'll mention this time, but uh, Daryl Taylor, he had a sack, right? Quinton Jefferson, former Ram. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there for that long, but he went off last week and he is a stud in the interior. I don't know why they let him go. Um, but boy, Mafe, I'm going to say right now, Cam, and then the offensive side, uh, I'm probably going to go. If, if we're going X factor, this might just be as simple as, you know, it can be, um, it might be the wrong move, but Kenneth Walker, I, I just, mm-hmm. to me, he can be an X factor. Cause you have Metcalf and Lockett. There's not much else I can go. We're never going to go with the quarterback because who the hell looks at a quarterback as an X factor, <laughs> but uh, Kenneth Walker, a hundred percent to me, because I think, you know, a team eyes in on DK Metcalf. They eye in on, you know, Tyler Lockett. Can't forget that Kenneth Walker might be as dangerous, if not the most dangerous on the offense right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. Uh, he ran for 133 yards last game. The man's on fire. It's like no big deal. <laughs> yeah. The man's on fire. I think he like, he got caught at like 22 miles an hour. So he's, he's running fast. He's running hard. He's running effectively. So I agree with you on that. And I had a, I have put two X factors up there just in case Kenneth got taken. So my other one was Kobe Parkinson. Right, uh, Parkinson's. He had five catches for 30 yards and a nasty touchdown. Right, like the touchdown, he got held up. He still fought through. You know, palmed it in, two to two feet in. So I think he's going to be the one of the bigger threats because we're all going to focus on Kenneth Walker. Stop the run. You know, you got torched last week against the, against the Chargers. So stop Kenneth Walker. And then you got um, you got the two uh, threats in the in the receiver room for the Seahawks. So Kobe Parkinson, he's next. I think. 
he's the one that the Rams are going to have to key on and make sure that they get hands on him because if they don't, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> it's going to get ugly. So I'm going to say he's going to be my X factor for the Seattle Seahawks um, for this game on the offensive side. And the defensive side, as you know, I've been talking about them all, podcast, Darrell Taylor, um, super impressive. Just seeing that 52, it reminds me of Alec Ogletree sometimes, just the way he moves and some of the, like, I think just the the way he operates. I'm like, oh, he has some wiggle to him, right? He has some explosiveness, the way he gets off the ball. I mean, like he, like he shot out of a rocket, it's it's impressive to watch. So keeping an eye on him, if he's lined up against Rob Havenstein, I think you mentioned it, some of the speed rushers that can convert into power really effectively, um, he has trouble with. So chip in Darrell Taylor, let's do that. Hopkins, make sure you're lined up against him, you're lined up off the ball, get that little chip, go out for a pass, be successful there. So I think those two guys are going to be very effective for this Seattle Seahawks team. Um, and then if we go to the defensive side, right, um, I'm going to start with offense first, end off with defense because of the news that we have to share. Um, but Van Jefferson, I know I called the last game. I'm always big on big play Van, but I think he's going to have the, the game of his career this year. I, I hope he does. Um, he's like he's like the silent assassin, I feel like, right? Like he always has big games, but never really like, hey, Van, you're the guy, right? Instead of that that game, I think it was against uh, the Cardinals when um, – uh, when Wolford found him in the end zone towards the end of the game, like that was great. Right. And I think we're going to see more of him um, hopefully next year, but definitely this, this game, you mentioned it right for the safeties for the Rams. This is your last game of the year. It could be the last time as a Ram, you know, what does that look like for yourself here and for the rest of the league? I think same thing for Van Jefferson, right? He's going to have to show that he's that guy because things are going to change next year. We don't know what that's going to look like. So I would like to see him, um, crush it this game. And also, I'm going to throw in a little tutu at well. I know he was mic'd up last game, right? And uh, I think uh, he was missed. Baker Mayfield missed him on one of those bombs. He was wide open. Could have been a touchdown. So I'm going to throw in a little tutu there. I have some faith in both of those guys. And then finally, I called it last time, uh, Seattle versus Rams, but Bobby Wags, man. Um, you know, we always talk about this, never going with the obvious, but this one here, like, I got to go with Bobby Wags. He's playing his former team last game of the season. They got to do it for him. They got to do it for him. I think he's going to go off this game. And so, Jake, I know we have some news to share about Bobby Wags and kind of what, what's been shared there, but uh, he's going to be my X factor for the Rams defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's Bobby Wagner. He has a chance to knock Seattle out of the playoffs, his former team. That basically told him, like I said, he – told professional about it, but basically told him you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. So <laughs> I mean, come on. That, that, that's basically what happened. I'm going to go Rams 23, 20, just like the score should have been mm -hmm. the last time they played. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause they lost 27, 23. I'm going to say 23, 20. I think we get a Matt gay 56 yarder in the freezing. Yeah. Line. Yeah. I'm gonna go 20. I'm gonna go 21, 24 Rams. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. So, so we both have the Rams. We both have three points. Um, so here, here's some news to end the, the show. Uh, Sean McVay, his quote, Los Angeles is where I want to be. He was very flattered by the offers from other broadcasting companies. Um, I think he's made it clear that he's not, I don't even think that's on his mind. Like, like not even like after the season. Like, I, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. 
And I look at, you know, if you can come back from this, think about how addicting it is to win mm -hmm. and how addicting it is to win Super Bowls. He's already had that at a young age. And now if he can come back from this type of season, which is totally unlike anything he's ever experienced before, he's missed the playoffs before, but you know what? You guys went nine and seven or yeah, yeah it was nine and seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, he missed the playoffs at nine and seven. You guys make the freaking playoffs with the seven game, the 17 format. Yeah. The yeah. next year. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, it's, and now we're talking about, potentially moving it to eight teams. I, I don't know. But anyway, that's not the <laughs> point. The point is he missed the playoffs in 2019, but they like, you guys weren't bad, right? You just, you, you weren't bad. Um, I, I mean, you should have made the playoffs and you didn't. I mean, it was, it was a tough year to make it that year, but like this team, I wouldn't even say they're bad because they're so banged up, but this is the first time where Sean McVay is like, all right, we, like he wasn't even talking about playoffs. They weren't even thinking about it. They didn't even feel like they were in it at any point. Sean McVay didn't even seem like they were in it. You know, mm -hmm. they brought up playoffs and he's like, we're not really talking about, you know what I mean? Like, but in the past he'd been like, our goal is to win the NFC, you know, division, you know, the NFC West division. So look, he understands this team was different. Like this was a failure but if I can come back from this, if I already won a Super Bowl, I can come back from this. I prove myself I can. He's going to get so addicted. Yeah. I, I do not see him leaving anytime soon. Agreed. I think it's overblown because people look at the young face, you know, looks good on camera, the personality. They've already seen him. He worked, I think it wasn't the Super Bowl, but he worked the Super Bowl media week. Mm -hmm. um, and people got a chance to see that. They know his recall. They The way he breaks things down, he's a great speaker. It's why he's being talked about all the time and other guys aren't because yeah. they don't have those skills that he has, uh, which I get, but I don't think he could make it any more clear cam. He's staying in LA, at least for the rest of his uh, contract. Good, good. Well, hey, if he stays in LA, he's going to do some reflecting this offseason. I know that, right? <laughs> hey, we love that he's going to stay. Um, you know, yes. Sean McVay, great guy. I think someone mentioned it, just his personality and the way he relates to people. That's what makes him great. The fact that he changed Cam Makers around, right, from where he was going to where he is now, that's very impressive. That's a win on this season, I would think, right, to to find success there. The Baker Mayfield move, I think that was a successful moment, some some high moments in this uh, this season. But, like, other than that, like you said, it's a failure. And, and in football, <clears throat> you do fail. And failure doesn't show who Sean McVay is as a man, right? It's not Sean McVay is a failure. Just a failed season as a collective, as a group. As the athletic training staff, as the kitchen staff, everyone just didn't do well this year. Next year, they're going to have to change things around. They're going to have to do exactly opposite of what, whatever they did this year, right? After they won the Super Bowl, whatever habits that they've had, you got to change that all around. Maybe getting back to what they did when they did win the Super Bowl, whatever that looked like. But they're going to have to do some deep reflection here, Jake. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on our our next podcast whenever we you know wrap up the Seattle Seahawks game and talk about the season in the season in review a lot of reflection a lot of reflection what to do what did we do last year and let's do exactly opposite of that this upcoming year 
I could not agree more, man. <laughs> a lot of reflection. I mean, and I'll say this, you know, as much credit as we give him for Baker Mayfield, you know, could he have gotten more out of Bryce Perkins, you know, talking about the, the dump off passes, things like that. Could they have done more of that? Could they have used him in the run game more? I mean, just look at the way, you know, Justin Fields ran it for Chicago. I think he broke the the rushing record for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, If not, he's really close. So I think there are definitely some things where, you know, you get in the film room in the off season, you watch and you're like, how did I miss that? Yeah. But another thing I'll say is that I think he's going to have an opportunity to watch Kyle Shanahan, not as a, you know, competitor and to game plan against, but I think he'll really have an idea of how, like, what is he doing Christian McCaffrey? And why do we want Christian McCaffrey when we don't use like our running backs that way? Like we could easily use, you know, the running backs this way, but we don't. So why is that? And so I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers and we talked in length uh, about that during the trade deadline, um, you know, they're, they're now averaging 28 points per game. They're now turning a seventh round, you know, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback in Brock Purdy into somebody they might actually keep as their starter and move on from their first round pick in Trey Lance. I think that's a real possibility. Um, but how did that happen? And I think Sean McVay is going to learn a lot this off season. He's going to be able to go and, you know, maybe copy some things, take some things from Kyle, take some things from, you know, Matt LaFleur. Maybe there's something they liked, you know, from green Bay. Um, maybe even Ben Johnson over in Detroit. I mean, look at what, did, what is he doing with Jared Goff <laughs> yeah. right now? Like, what was I doing with Jared Goff? You know, yeah. like, I think it's a good time for him. Take some notes. If the, <laughs> Just yeah, needs to be I like mean, this. there's a lot of reflection, man, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the only way you get better is if you start, you know, you, you got to question yourself in a way that's not overly doing it. You can't be aggressive and you can't dismiss what you've accomplished, but you can question like, you know, for instance, with Cam Akers, you know, if I learn new data, you know, if I like new things come up, I think it's not me flip-flopping. It's not me, you know, oh, like he he just can't keep, you know, he he just keeps changing his mind. We learn new information all the time, uh, just being analysts and everything. And I think it it's honestly like that, like where Cam Akers, new knowledge has come out, new information has come out. Last five games, Cam Akers is averaging 4.9 yards per carry as opposed to earlier in the year where he's averaging 3.2. So yes, because he has increased his production. I'm starting to kind of, you know, backpedal a little bit and be like, wait, where did I miss, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or what's going on here? I think that's something that Sean McVay can do this off season. I think, you know, kind of re- relating it to my thoughts on acres. I think that's something Sean McVay can do this season, not just on the offense, also on the defense. Am I giving Raheem Morris uh, enough freedom? You know, look, this is a defensive coordinator at the end of the year. You know, people will constantly bag on. Um, but look at what he's done without Aaron Donald. I mean, I know that wasn't a great game against the Chargers, but look at how long he hasn't had Aaron Donald and a Sean Robinson. And look at what they've accomplished without that. You don't know because, I mean, the team hasn't really won many games, but that doesn't mean that the defense hasn't put it out there. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're so quick to give Brandon Staley credit for the number one defense in 2020, but Brandon Staley's defense folded like a lawn chair. Let's not forget without a healthy Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. we don't give enough credit to Raheem Morris and what he's done, not having Aaron Donald. I think for the first time it's allowed Raheem Morris to actually show you 
No, he hasn't been ex- he hasn't been exposed. And after Donald, there's actually a future there. Unfortunately, I think, you know, selfishly, I think he's going to be a head coach. But there's a future there. Even if Donald were to retire, like, he can get this thing going. He can keep this thing rolling. And, you know, I just think it's important, you know, I, I think Sean McVay is going to reflect on all of that. Uh, but I think that's definitely important to also mention with Raheem. Yeah, yeah, with Raheem, I, I, to be honest, I'm a defensive guy, and I would love to see more takeaways, you know, more aggressive attacking defense. Um you know, I know we do talk about, hey, he's doing a good job of uh, stopping the bleeding, you know, and Ben don't break. But just for me personally, I would like to see more takeaways, um, more attacking of a defense. And maybe that has to be with some of the personnel, right? Some of the players yeah. that are in the game. You see the, the Kobe Durant coming in and having some takeaways, having some success. Uh, Aaron Donald's not in the game, so they're not really pressuring the quarterback that much. And you have a all-star and Bobby Wagner. I would like to see more aggressive um applying more pressure. I think when teams play the Rams defense, they're like, oh, our quarterback's going to go off. Like, we finally have a whole bunch of catches. We fin- we, we're not going to run the ball well, right, because the Rams have been doing a good job of that. But, you know, it's – I think quarterbacks have a field day when they play against the Rams, um, and I would like to see that change. I would like to see more turnovers. Like I said, I would like to see just more disruption um, from this Rams defense moving forward. So, you know, hey, get through this season. Um Everyone's going to reflect, but I think just next year, you know, we want to see we want to see on TV more to Kobe Durant's taking the ball back to the house. Like we should see that at least once every game or once every two games. We've only seen it maybe once or twice this year. So that just me being a defensive guy, Jake, I'm a little bit a little bit more uh, a little bit more harsh. No, when it I comes agree to with that. you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to see because like I said, last year, I enjoyed watching defense more than the offense and the offense was a lot of fun. But I, I sat there. I'm like. Dude, Von Miller, A.D., Leonard Floyd, they played unconscious football. Like, they were just, like, zombies. Like, not, like, you know, in in the sense, like, you know, they were slow. But, you know, it was just, like, everything just came to them. They played as a collective unit. Then you look at the, you know, everyone's talking about how bad the linebackers were. I don't think they were that bad. And you started to see Ernest Jones really emerge at the end of the year. Then they add Bobby Wagner to this defense. And you're thinking that that's great. I mean, they lost Vaughn, but still Bobby Wagner. The great thing is that the Rams learned a lot because Bobby Wagner is still him. (laughs) So that is going to help next year. Just like if Cam Akers is back to where he, I think he's honestly better uh, than, than where he was. If this is really what he is now, Um, you know, then you're talking about two guys that, I mean, you took a, took a little bit of a risk on Bobby Wagner, but let's not act like he was falling off. I mean, the guy's still a top linebacker, but he had a monster year. Um, there's a lot of excitement, I think, for next season. A very transformative offense, uh, uh, not offense, but uh, offseason awaits. We'll see where what happens with Allen Robinson. I still agree with the idea to diversify the running, uh, the wide receiver room. Uh, I still think that, you know, getting rid of Robert Woods, though, was a mistake. I understood it. Um, but at the same time, I do think getting rid of Robert Woods was a mistake. Do they bring him back if he's caught? There's a lot of different directions I think they can go in. And it's the same thing on the defensive side. If you lose, you know, Nick Scott goes somewhere and, you know, Taylor Rapp goes somewhere. Do you give the kids a shot? Do you give Quentin Lake? Do you give uh, Russ Yeast? Do you move on from Jordan Fuller? Do you keep Jordan Fuller? Like, where do you go with that? And so I think a season like this kind of allows you to address all of these, uh, you know, decisions and everything. Um, But 
we'll wrap it up with the end of the year team award recipients that I have now in front of me. I figure I'll, I'll, I'll name them all. It's only fair. Can't just, you know, highlight too. Uh, so Bobby Wagner was named the team's most valuable player. Shout out to him. Uh, 133 combined tackles this season, 74 solo 10 uh, tackles away from the Rams single season record. So he could actually break it. Uh, this weekend, if he has 11, it was set by James Laurinaitis in St. Louis with 142 in 2011 and 2012. Apparently he had the same thing in both. Uh, Wagner has also recorded nine tackles for a loss and has six sacks, two interceptions, three pass breakups, five pass defense, and eight quarterback hits as well as 19 pressures and 11 hurries. The 11-year veteran has also played on special teams and blocked a field goal. Nice. So that con- congratulations uh, from the podcast to Bobby Wagner. Man, were you worth every penny? Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, Durant, defensive back, earned the Carol Rosenblum Memorial Award given to the team's Rookie of the Year, uh, fourth-round selection. He leads the team with three interceptions and leads the NFL in interception return yardage. You heard it here first earlier uh, with 151. That's 45 more than the second most interception return yardage this year. Uh, also became the the first Rams rookie and eighth player in NFL history to record a sack and an interception in the same game within their first two NFL games in week two against the Atlanta Falcons. He tallied 16 tackles, 11 solo, three pass breakups, five pass defense, one sack, one pressure, and one defensive touchdown. So we move on to the team captain, offensive lineman Rod Havenstein was the recipient of the Carl Eckern Spirit of the Game Award given to the player who exemplifies sportsmanship, ethic, and commitment to teammates. So congratulations to him. He played more than 930 snaps, and he has eclipsed this in five out of the last eight seasons with the Rams. Incredible work for him to keep himself in position, even do that. Uh, I don't know how you stay healthy playing that position. Insane. I, I don't know. Insane. It's, and it's one of the harder <laughs> positions. You know, it's the cornerback, quarterback, and, and tackle. Like, those are some of the harder positions to play. And he's done it with grace and healthy in a healthy manner. So, shout out to that man. <laughs> hey, he deserves credit. We were talking about, you know, there's a weakness there. But doesn't mean that, well, we know getting on the field and staying on the field isn't one of them. Uh, defensive back Jordan Fuller was voted by his teammates as the recipient of the Ed Block Courage Award, uh, which is given to a player who is a role model of inspiration, sportsmanship, and courage. Third year pro appeared in four games this season before suffering a hamstring injury that forced him to re- miss the remainder of the season. And in his first two seasons, Fuller started 28 regular season games with two playoff starts. It was voted a team captain by his teammates leading up to the 2021 season. That is it for the awards. Uh, really bummed about Jordan Fuller. I think this would have been a great opportunity right now to be getting playing time. Just really feel for him uh, to come back from that ankle, uh, which that that was so frustrating because Mike McGlinchey like sat down on his ankle. Um, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it, it looked pretty bad and questionable cam. Uh, but yeah, he like sat down his ankle and that was the end of his season. Like, Fuller didn't get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. One game, uh, not one game away. It happened in the regular season, last game of the year. Um, but, you know, really feel for him. He came all the way back, took a lot out of him, and then he gets a hamstring injury. It's just like, you know, it, it, it really never fails. The injuries, football gods, 
calm the hell down. Like, <laughs> how about next year? No injuries. Yeah. Can, can we, can we do that? Like no more injuries? That'll be nice. <laughs> That'll be really nice. But yeah, it's, it's a part of the game, you know, it's a part of the game and, you know, going back to the DeMar Hamlin piece, right. It's like, you never know when that injury is going to come and whenever it's going to be a, a career altering injury. And so harping back to what we talked about before, making sure that these contracts are guaranteed for guys like DeMar Hamlin, guys like Fuller, um, and then health health insurance, making sure that they're able to take care of themselves after their career because they're missing out on great awards and, you know, great things in their life because of those injuries. So NFL stands not for long. And, you know, there has to be some changes where, you know, we can enjoy the sport even after we're finished because we were, we were taken care of. And I think that's extremely important. Well, on that note, because that's a great one, um, I'm going to wrap this thing up. So, uh, you know, this has been presented by bet online. You can follow us at JK Bogan at Cameron Lynch 50 and uh, like subscribe, comment, rate, review all that jazz. If you enjoy this show, be sure to tell somebody if you enjoy this show, let them know if they like the Rams, they like Cameron Lynch. Oh, by the way, he's got a podcast. So, uh, you know, go be sure to check that out and, and let people know. So, that's going to do it. Um, appreciate you guys so very much. Uh, we will keep you posted on DeMar Hamlin's status the next episode, um, you know, as we, we wait on that. But it, things are looking good for him. I think things are looking good for the Rams next year. I think there's a lot of positives that we can take away from this. And uh, they just got to start, you know, with a – well, they got to kick off the rest of the season with a W and, yeah. you know, go in the full steam ahead uh, for the off season. But – you know, that's going to do it for me. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And this has been episode 148 of the Believe in Rams podcast. We will see you guys after the game. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.